Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a special week of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. As courtesy of Speedo Australia, we are speaking to two amazing swimmers in Elijah Winnington and Zach Stubblety Cook. Yeah, very excited for this week, and we've got to thank Speedo Australia for, for helping us out to get these guests on. We've got Elijah first, and we've got Zach Stubbsy Cook later on. Uh, two fantastic swimmers who did really well at Australian trials, which of course we'll talk about, and uh, other things as well, so stay tuned. So these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter than our usual uploads here on the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. So we're just going to jump straight into our first conversation this week with reigning world champion in the 400 meters freestyle, Elijah Winnington. So Elijah, welcome on to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. First of all, I've got to start with this question. Aussie freestyle, what's the secret? Because whether it's male, female, short distance or long distance, you guys are crushing it right now. Yeah, um, I don't know if that is a particular secret, um, but I think uh, there's a lot of history there. And so um, particularly for young Australians, we look up to the Ian Thorpes um, and, you know, people nowadays are looking up to Ariane Titmus and all that sort of stuff. So you're always kind of striving or you're wanting to be like a freestyler. Um, and I guess just the programs have really um, led and been driven that way. But you are right. Um, Australian freestyle is in a good spot at the moment. Is it as simple as role models or is it the case of there's something that you guys do differently in training? You're taught stroke very technically from a very early age. How does it work when you're making that journey as a freestyler? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Um, I definitely think uh, technically um, in Australia we focus a lot on technique rather than just slogging it out or just trying to get um many k's and stuff like that um it's pretty instilled in us from a very early age and i think that's just because we have a lot of experienced coaches um particularly on the australian team at the moment that know what they're doing and have coached athletes for the past you know 20 plus years um so we're very fortunate that way so it's always been driven in us that way but i also yeah i just think that um, sometimes it happens to work out that way that at a given time a nation is performing better in a particular stroke. You've mentioned Ian Thorpe, Grant Hackett as your role models and inspiration. Do they ever give you advice or ever come to training to, to give you advice? Um, I was very fortunate that when I was in my very junior, junior swimming, I think I was six years old, I was training at um, the Miami Aquatic Center on the Gold Coast where Grant was training at that point in time with Dennis Cottrell. So I always kind of saw Grant, um, you know, every now and again. But, you know, I saw him from afar. I can't say we ever really spoke or anything like that. Um, and, and me and Ian haven't had any particular conversations. Um, but I was very fortunate enough to train with... Um, Ian's former coach, Doug Frost, um, in 2017 for a couple months there um, and learnt a lot from him and sort of really just grassrooted me right way through my um, senior swimming um, in how to, you know, swim freestyle and do it successfully. Absolutely. So let's take a look then at your performances in Melbourne a week or two ago now. 403, a 343, and then two solid swims in the 200 and 800. How would you rate your own performances last or a week or two ago? Um, uh, trials are always a, a, a tricky thing um, because the main purpose of a, 
uh, of a team trials is to qualify for the international team. Um, so that's how our coach prepares us to make sure that we're in our best spot to qualify for the team. And if you do that and, you know, it doesn't really matter what times they are, um, in saying that, I probably would have liked to go a little bit faster. Um, you know, when you're at the top of the top of the um, world, you're kind of always striving for that extra one percent or that extra little bit. So I wasn't far off it, but um, you know, I can't be disappointed because I did get the job done. I made the world's team, um, and so you know, while those times aren't going to be where they need to be in a few weeks' time in Japan, um, I'm confident I can get it there in time. Yeah, I mean, the 403 was probably your standout swim. That's 343 is a very good time. What's uh, What kind of training do you do to hit such equal splits per 50? Um, yeah, so our training blocks uh, vary depending on what time of the season we're in. Um, so very early on in the season um, is about just getting fit and just maxing out kilometers and doing high aerobic work. Um, so I'll be doing from anywhere to 60 to 70 kilometers a week in the pool, plus then maybe four or five hours of extra dry land on the bike or cardio, stuff like that. And then sort of the middle of the season um, is about hitting those high Ks, but doing it with a lot of intensity. Um, so the extra little cardio or aerobic drops off. Um, and it's a lot about race pace and all that sort of stuff. And then towards the end is the nitty gritty stuff where the Ks drop a little bit. So I'll be maxing out at about 50K to 45K per week. Um, and it will be really intensive, a lot of just pure race pace, a lot of suited sessions. So it just depends on what type of the season. Um, but it is a, it is a full year commitment to sort of get going for one major meet. You said, um, the, the, the whole point of trials is make the team. So over here in Britain, I don't know if you're aware that the times to make the team are just ludicrous. So everyone really has to go into a meet like that completely rested, fully tapered. And even if you win your event, if you win the 400 free over here, you might not make the team. But over there, I think the times are a little bit easier to hit and it's about getting that one two. So do you train through a meet like that, knowing that you are a world-class swimmer, you can hit these times quite comfortably? What's your outlook going in? Yeah, so um, for me, I really focus on, uh, like I said, just making the team. Our times are still quite solid. I think um, there were only, I think there were only six males that made individual qualifying times um, at our trials in Melbourne last week. So um, typically, our standards are. They, I did notice that at Great Britain's times, they weren't as hard, um, but our times are usually taken from um, what was to make the final at the previous world championships or world standards. So top eight in the world last year, which is, I mean, nothing to mm -hmm. complain about. Like it's still quite tough. Um, but for me, when I'm swimming a 341, um, you know, last year at Worlds, that's my personal best. And a, I think it was a 345 high was to make the final. So that was our qualifying time. I knew I could do that. Um, if, even if I wasn't on my best day. Um, and, you know, while we, uh, like, I definitely had rest going into the trials. You can't go in there just thinking that you're going to be on the team because that's when things go majorly wrong. Um, so I did, I was rested um, and ready to go. But um, I guess I'm a big swimmer to the environment and those that are around me. So, um, you know, I'm sure if there was somebody going 341 in the pool, on that day, I could have probably lifted to go the same thing, even though I was the same prepared. Um, so 
uh, yeah, for me, it's all about the race, um, and that's what it was in Melbourne, and sort of less about the time it was to qualify. Well, speaking of swimming, swimming around you, Sam Short had a pretty solid meet. I mean, how good is it to have Sam there next year as domestic competition? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Sam's had a, a crazy breakout year um, thus far domestically in Australia. Um, I think he's going into Worlds with maybe two number one times in the world um, and maybe a top five in the 1500 or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's crazy to have somebody going into events that are the favourite to win two events. That doesn't happen very often in our sport. Um, and you know, Sam's got a good head on his shoulders and um, it's awesome to race him. He's really hungry and he's a good fighter um, and that's everything you could wish for because that's just going to be and make me go faster um, I don't see there's a daunting thing or anything like that if anything I love the challenge um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do together on the international stage so what is your target then for worlds this summer what's your um, expectation I actually really try and uh, take a step back from putting that sort of pressure of I want to swim this time or I want to win this medal or anything like that. Um, I obviously go in there wanting to do the best I can, but um, if there's anything I've learnt um, in my sort of few years on the international stage and, you know, I've achieved some success on the international stage is that um, the success lasts or that feeling lasts a minute and then it's all over and if that's all you're going there to chase then you're going to walk away very disappointed even if you do achieve it um so i really just go there to enjoy myself and have fun see some people from around the world that i only get to see once a year i'm friends with a lot of the british guys so you know i'm really looking forward to just even catching up with them and and making the most of those moments because you know when it's all said and done and i've hung the cap and goggles up that I will look back and those are the memories that I'll cherish. So, um, yeah, I obviously, I want to go there and swim the best I can. Um, but first and foremost, I just want to enjoy myself out there and see what that brings. That's a like, ridiculously holistic view on what is like elite sport, but it, it kind of mirrors the way that you race. And you've mentioned before, like if someone's racing fast next to you, you step up, you, you're just focusing in, in the moment. And I think that, mirrors what we what we see on an international stage for the 400 meters freestyle especially is that like the fastest swimmer going in doesn't always win that major meet that very rarely happens mm. and it's a lot of the time about racing the field and racing the tactics and almost your outlook on the sport sounds like it suits that perfectly yeah definitely um i mean it took a very tough lesson for me to learn that i was going into the olympics as the favorite by a fair mile and that's all I could think about um, and it completely ruined um, my experience of what an Olympic Games is um, and that was really sad to me that was the saddest part not just you know swimming to the maybe the standard I didn't want to swim to but the fact that I just let it overshadow my whole experience um, and then I went into the world's last year um, you know, with a guy that swam a 341, the first time anyone swam a 341 um, in the past decade, and he was the fastest going in. And I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going 341, but, you know, who cares? I'm here to have fun. I've done it the hard way. Let's just enjoy it. And then next thing I know is, is I'm the one swimming 341. So it's like, mm. you know, it's 
pretty hard to just, you know, want and want and want all these things because nine times out of ten, it's never going to come to pass. And even if it does, it's not worth it. Um, even just sharing a quick story um, about, you know, there was the news recently that Christoph Milak um, pulled out from Worlds. Um, and I had to really take a step back and I thought that was really sad because... That's now three of, I would say, the most successful male swimmers in the past decade with Dressel, Adam Peaty, and now Christoph Milak, all Olympic champions, all world record holders. They've achieved what anybody would have wanted to achieve in the sport, and yet they're all really struggling. Um, and it just goes to show that it's not the results or it's not you know, achieving these things that is going to produce happiness or it's going to make your career fulfilled um it's the little moments and they're the moments i'm trying to chase so i like uh, one of our final questions to you then was like 400 free world records you think it'll ever go but that's just not on your mind not in the slightest um I, i'd be lying to you if i said it wasn't like it like of course like it, it's definitely yeah. something that's on my mind you know i i have to wake up and i motivate myself and that these are things that do motivate me um but I don't think it's the be-all and end-all for me, you know. I'm chasing something um, that I've been told is impossible to chase, is that under the 340 barrier. Um, and, you know, if it comes to pass, it comes to pass. And I, I think it's one of those things that I believe I have it in me that I can do it. Um, but it's just going to take a really special moment to do it. Um, and, you know, that's the moment I'm looking forward to. You're going to be playing around with tactics. Speaking of your last swim at Worlds, you uh, you kind of played the field a little bit with Lucas Martin, especially that third hundred, I think it was. Are you going to be taking that tactic forward with you into this Worlds? Yeah, definitely. I think that's um, a way I've kind of always swum my races is I've always tried to go out hard and really just dictate the race um, because that either burns the guys next to me that think uh, they need to keep up with me or they fall too far behind and they can't catch up. Um, and you know, that third 100, I just used to, um, really just like absorb if people are just coming at me, then I can just, you know, not worry and not stress and just kind of tap back into those K's that I always do and just, you know, stick to that pace that I know I can stick to. Um, cause it just, you know, it's like a recharging shield that then just builds my energy for that last 50. And, you know, I'm in just as much pain as I know those other guys are. I've just got a lot of fight. Um, so, you know, I love the fight and I'm, I'm looking forward to it if it happens at Worlds. So, Elijah, we've only got a short amount of time with you. So we're, we'll finish this podcast with some quick fire questions. So yeah, go for what's it. your favorite event in swimming? Uh, the foreign freestyle. Who is your swimming idol? Um, all time, Cameron McAvoy. Oh, love it. love it. Especially after the last week. Um, mm. What is your proudest moment in swimming so far? Um, worlds last year. What's the hardest set you've ever done in training? Um, uh, there's a good set that we do... Um, pretty mid on in the season where it's a, a lot of lactate production. Um, so quite hard, you know, uh, long 400s aerobic into, you know, Turo max efforts, um, a series of, you know, six times on short amount of rest. So yeah, it gets tough. A final question gets to know you a little bit away from the swimming pool. If you were to go on a road trip, there's three spaces in the car. You could take friends, family, celebrities, anyone you want, who'd you take with you? Um, I would take, my friends, 
Um, Kyle Chalmers, Adam Peaty, and James Guy. Oh, love it. Love it. Well, yeah. Elijah, thank you for coming on to the podcast this week and um, best of luck this summer in Japan. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. So, Dan, brilliant to speak to Elijah, a man who certainly is moving the event of the 400 freestyle forwards, but it's the attitude of his mm. outlook on swimming, which is really important, especially like Elijah just said, with the likes of Milak pulling out of Worlds. We we know Adam's out already. Dressel has had his time away from the sport. For someone who is going a 341 to have an outlook that he's just there enjoying the meet and seeing friends and getting to travel the world, essentially, I feel like that's something that swimming needs to take away. Like, like We need to look at this. This shouldn't be performance or this shouldn't be a time-driven sport anymore yeah it's interesting because i remember dressel saying something along the lines where yes he won five olympic golds out in tokyo but the thing he remembers the most was i believe playing cards with the american team <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's the stuff around the performance mm. that these swimmers remember or athletes in general i imagine remember um so it's very interesting it's a good outlook and it's a good message for all swimmers younger older out there and it's something to take away because it's a, it's a good mentality to have because then I hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, that he will be out of the swap for a prolonged time, just like Adam Milak and uh, Dressel as well. Mm, absolutely. And um, if you weren't aware, if you haven't listened back to our Australian review podcast, Aussie Freestyle is is very good. Like we say, it's in a very special place. It has always been in a very special place. Mm. So it's really fascinating to hear what, one of the leading lights can reveal from the secrets inside of why there is this freestyle dominance over in Australia. Mm. Well, he talks about technique. That was the first thing he talked about was his technique from a very young age and then still that. And then hopefully then you build on the stamina endurance on top of that. Um, and I think that you have the role models of Ian Thorpe, Grant Hackett, who have been there from day dot, let's say the year 2000 and before. And these guys look up to these those those guys so it's uh it's, it's interesting and it's going to carry on it is it is a snowball effect isn't it and it's going to carry on for potentially forever who knows but uh, elijah is le leading the way at the moment i'd say along with sam short who obviously he spoke about nicely as well yeah absolutely so yeah best of luck to elijah this summer and thank you again for speedo australia for organizing this podcast we'll be back in two days time as we speak to world champion, Commonwealth champion, and world record holder, Zach Stubblety Cook. And um, you're not going to want to miss that episode because just like Elijah, it was a holistic outlook on swimming. Yeah, Australian swimmers seem to have a very different mindset, it seems. Mm. So, it's, yeah, stay tuned for that one. It's very, very interesting. And uh, I look forward to two days' time. So if you haven't subscribed already to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, please do so on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And yes, me and Dan will see you in just two days' time. Thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one.